The following podcast is for mature audiences only. Thanks for tuning in to the Kim Chos podcast, where you get the latest topics within the culture with the uncensored, unscripted facts and opinions from our crew. This is Omar J. Lewis, and you listening to your podcast, favorite podcast, Kim Trails. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Kim Trails Podcast. I'm your host, Mo Chris, along with AP and Trader Dre. What's going on? What's up, what's up? Yeah, and today we got another guest today. We got a good friend. We're going to call him O today. Uh, say something for everybody, for the listeners. Hey, how's everybody doing? Listening to Kim Trail's podcast. So glad to be on today, guys. Man, that's what's up. That's a... And so we're gonna start with what's on your mind and what we always do. I have so much that's been kind of on my head for now, because you know, with the whole pandemic, and so now you got all these enforcement laws, or police and stuff. And of course, who gets targeted? No other than our people, you know, the black community. And so it's two incidents in two separate states that I wanted to uh, bring to attention. So just recently in Philly. It was this guy, I guess he didn't have on a mask and he was on a bus and he refused to exit the bus. And so you had like five, six cops is all online bureau of them muscling this guy off the off the bus. It was like, damn, you know, it would have been easier just giving him a mask, you know. But and then you had another incident, I think was in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. And you got two guys, they in Walmart. They had on masks, a uh, metal medical mask at that, and they had to leave. They the cop was there telling them they had to go for wearing masks. So I was just bringing this to attention because it's like the the contradictions here with these quarantine laws. It seemed like it's just one sided. So I just want to see what y'all had to take on that. And I was speaking to O about this earlier earlier today about the mask and not wearing mask and I forgot it was some celebrity tweeted that black people shouldn't be wearing masks anyways because they already gonna look at us differently which is true and I mean it it just further proves this point by what happened at the Walmart and I was telling oh dad I think they it wasn't even game clothes they had like a white bandana that they used for a mask at Walmart and they got kicked out so it's like I mean it's it's basically damned if you do, damned if you damned don't. If you don't, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It's just that's why when they have these things, the policies they put in place, and people are so quick to jump on the bandwagon, so quick to to say, yeah, this is what we have to do, or this is necessary, but yet we forget the the original problem. Like they too busy muscling this guy off the bus. Now it's not even about a disease. They all had on masks, but yo, y'all, this dude could have his sweat could have got on you. Like anything could happen. So, what's the what's the precautions on you protecting yourself? Just trying to kick a guy off the bus for not having a mask. So, that's that's also I feel like that's a good sign that we may be returning back to society, <laughs> which you see. I, 
I mean, all the negative stuff happening, so I don't know. I'm rambling. But, so, so us getting treated bad is a return to normalcy. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I say, well, hey, shit, maybe, maybe we're gonna be able to have a drink at the bar pretty soon. But I don't know. Well, I, my opinion, man, is it's all a division. It's it's divide, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. A lady at my girl's job told her that, oh, did you hear that African-Americans are the cause for coronavirus? Now, where did she hear this from? But wherever she heard it from, it's causing that division. We all know where it originated from, man. So it's it's just all division, once again. <laughs> Another part of the game in my right. eyes. Right, man. So And so, oh, man, since you are a guest, man, what you, what you got for what's on your mind before we go on to the next segment? On my mind, I saw earlier today myself being an actor. Myself, I'm go ahead and introduce myself, Omar J. Lewis. I'm an actor. During this quarantine, a lot of us actors and like a lot of other entertainers and people in general are out of jobs, but we're trying to stay creative. So you have a black casting director who's actually trying to help people by letting us submit monologues. So once all this is over, you know, she can actually look at people and know who she's going to cast. But a brother out in L.A. did a monologue, <laughs> I think it was <laughs> yesterday, and I guess his neighbors next door thought he was beating someone up, causing domestic violence, so they called the police on him, and the police came to his door and demanded to put him in handcuffs, and he was pleading, why am I being detained? And he's telling them, I'm in the house by myself, who am I going to beat up? And yet they told him, and I quote, you're lucky we didn't put you in, just tackled you and put you in handcuffs. Mm. Now, <laughs> that's on mm. my mind, man. Like it's another one of those division things that you can't even, you can't even be black in your own home once again. I guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Doing work, so oh, I don't know. Baby. Just more division, man. Yeah, I remember a previous uh, episode we was talking about swatting calls and stuff. It sounded like it could be a SWAT call, but. I don't know. Like I said, returning to normalcy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it to the takeoff. Make sure to join us and subscribe at www.chemtrails.mn.co. All right, we are back. It's the takeoff. And uh, since we got a, a boy O in, uh, we're going to let him introduce himself. And, and go ahead, O. Uh, Go ahead, tell them who you are. I'm Omar J. Lewis. Right now I'm residing in Texas. I'm an actor locally here. I'm just proud to be on the show, man. That's it. That's who I am. <laughs> oh, man. And, and like I said, we commend you for that, and especially for all the other actors that have to stay at home 
and you know miss out on work and stuff like that during these times so so we'll get started so you're in texas right yes sir oh, okay so how how's the market out here for being a young actor and stuff like that out here being in texas because i know it's not as big as la it depends on how you want to define yourself as an actor if you looking for that fame Texas really isn't that big for it. We have a little market out there that can get you out there. That's more for California and New York. But if if you want to be a working actor, Texas is a good place for it. And that's exactly what I am. I'm a working actor here. I've actually earned my way to start making a living doing what I love. Mm. Mm, I know that's, that's very re- rewarding too, especially like, you know, being in the performing arts and and having to that journey for for a lot of people is 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 it's a crazy journey. So that's why I'm glad we have you on so we can uh hear your story and everything, man. So yeah. Oh hey, man. Hey, oh, so do you mind kind of walking us through what that what you mean when you say t- things like a working actor versus what the other types of actors are so our audience can kind of understand. What's what's the difference? Okay, well, first, when everybody hears the term actor, they they immediately point to Hollywood. They immediately point to movies because that's what we're familiar with. We're familiar with the high class, the, the money, the fame. But there's so many other avenues from stage actors to chil- children's theater actor, which I've done for so many years. And now I'm actually venturing into be- becoming a motion capture actor, which is basically putting on the black suit and working for video games. I've- I play video games my whole life, so now it's pretty cool that I work with a company that has actually put me into a video game and I've got to perform during that. So there's so many ventures out there, man. Being a, a paid actor is actually, I'm actually getting a paycheck for it because before it was a lot of work for free. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people get discouraged because they don't understand the hustle. To me, I always saw it as the, I was a sports oriented person. And I always knew what made Kobe, Kobe, what made Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was that time in the gym that no one saw the times that they didn't get paid for to get to where they're getting paid for. And that, that has been me my whole life to where now I will say that I'm on a college level. If we want to compare it like college basketball, that's kind of where I'm at with the acting game because besides I'm getting paid, (laughs) you know, they don't get paid, but they get a free scholarship. So basically, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, I'm, I'm still getting to a point where the name's getting out there. So there's different venues and a lot of my, actor friends associates they want that fame and you can tell by just their ethic you know their ethic Mm -hmm. is totally different than mine i tell people all the time if i were to die tomorrow i would be very happy knowing what i've done as an actor now because i've changed a lot of life i performed over hundreds of thousands of kids Mm -hmm. and you know kids because for me AP knows, because we've known each other since we were very young, that kids is a very, very, it's a touchy subject. It's a lot that can be told, there's a lot that can be misconstrued or whatever, but to me, I didn't have really much heroes growing up. So when I became an actor and I was able to perform in front of kids, I made sure that I was going to be someone that can look up to. 
to do whatever that you love, whatever you love to do, man. So I, right. I think those are the differences. Some people want the fame. Some people just want to get paid. And some people like myself have already spread that message of being who it is your soul wants you to be. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah, man, I got a question for you, bro. Like I said, we, we go way, way, way back. <laughs> and I was just thinking, I was like, man, I don't even think I ever asked you this. As far as, I mean, how long we known each other, and I don't even think I asked you this question, but my question for you is, what was that moment or what was that that time in your life where you was like, man, I want to be an actor? Like, what 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 movie did you see or what was that, you know, what happened in your life? They'd be like, man, I want to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. Well, for me, it actually happened, <laughs> even though I kind of stemmed away from the church, it happened in church. It's funny, you mm. hear Mary J. Blige and all of them know they found their voice in church and all that. I actually found my acting inside of church because I remember it was a, the, the Jesus born, the, you know, that story, Christmas time or whatever. And one of the guys got to be Gabriel who sent the message to Mary and I wanted those lines. And when it came showtime, I knew everybody's lines on stage and when it came showtime, this was a big church too in Dallas, Texas. I mean, like a lot of people there. He froze up. He froze up for a good 30 seconds. And I just mm. spoke his lines and everybody stood up and clapped. And maybe that was the drug, the hit right there. And I'm getting chills talking about it now because mm -hmm. it was that energy that received in me that, hey, look, you delivered this message and everybody's applauding for it. It was the first time that I ever got like a, a standing ovation for anything. And I guess that kind of filtered in. Life happened. I started playing sports. I, I forgot about it. Then high school, you got to have one elective. And I was like, shoot, I, I used to do theater. And so I hurt my knee in football. We didn't have health insurance, so my stepdad had to pay the full bill to get my knee fixed or whatever, and I wasn't allowed to play sports again. So I told, told myself I was going to put all my energy into this acting. And mm -hmm. my, first, my first stage play, my homeboys, before, the, before the, the play happened, it was like, oh, you're going to do a play? I was, getting, I was getting made fun of until I was done doing my scene. And everybody, once again, from the from your homeboys, everybody standing up applauding. And I guess I got that same hit once again. Right. And that's where it hit me that, man, this is something I can do that my homeboys couldn't do. Because I got homeboys that, you know, they 50 points basketball games, scoring so many touchdowns. I, I could never do that. I was good, but I could never do those things. But this was one thing that I knew that nobody else could do that I could do, that I could touch, man. So mm. started as a kid. Right, that's, that's what's up. And to be honest, AP, it, it started with us too, man. Back in those days, those Yahoo messengers and us just messing around, <laughs> me being able to have that much freedom with my homeboy, and there was no judgment, bro, because we both was just being ourselves. That yeah. kind of gave me more of the confidence too. Man. The internet pimps. Yeah, before <laughs> Instagram, before yeah. these IG lives. I, I was, I was <laughs> telling, man. oh, man. We're gonna be showing our age when you brought out the Yahoo Messenger, man. Yeah, Don't tell you're how right. old we are, man. <laughs> <laughs> you right. Okay, okay, man, man.
Must, uh, I want to get one more question in there. I hear you talk about your, what inspired you to become an actor and stuff. And, and once you had that, that niche, that, that taste, one, I want to say that taste, right? When you said mm-hmm. the walking out there on the stage and things like that. So I know it's a big difference between plays and movies, yes, you know? Sir. Yeah. Which one, which one you prefer? And can you tell us the difference between like the, the preparation for both? Yes. I'm, I'm on this venture of trying to do film. I did stage for basically most of my life. Uh, I follow AP to Prairie View, and I'm glad I did that because I got to meet an excellent, excellent brother who looked out for younger brothers like myself. He was like my father. His name was C. Lee Turner. And when I got on stage, it, stage is different because... I don't want to compare one and say one is harder than the other, but stages, if you don't know your lines and if you mess up, then that's it. There's no retake like on film. Yeah. But stage, it's more intimate. It's more family. We're in rehearsal for maybe a month or two together, running lines, going over this, going over that. So if you do your homework and if you do your work, the stage should feel easy and it should flow. And then you have the audience there and the audience gives you that emotion when you want to cry in a scene or whatever, the, 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 the audience is right there with you and you can feel their heart beating as your heart is beating. When it comes to film, you have so many other people who really just want to hurry up and get the job done. <laughs> like, because oh, they've, right. been there, they've been there longer than you. you getting paid more than they are and they're the ones making you look good and stuff like that. So you can't really grasp on people's emotions on the film and that's why I'm kind of going with film now because I I want the task I I've I felt like with stage I've done it already I've I've already gathered that emotion and gathered that and I will still go back to stage but I want to do that on film because being able to muster an energy 27 times because take after take after take after take after take after take oh let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again that's hard to do so I really respect anybody who does that on film and does that religiously I'm studying Samuel L. Jackson right now in master class and it's it's just brilliant how how wonderful these guys are you know right but yeah, I've been hearing everybody taking that class <laughs> yeah the, but the difference mainly is man is is everyone's there with you on stage and you have so much time to go over your lines and you know what the other actor's going to say and how they're going to deliver it. And on film, it's like real life to me because just like now we're having a conversation, I really don't know what y'all are going to say next. You know, it's like we're having a real conversation. So on film, it's kind of like that. Like, you know what the other person's going to say because the lines are there, but the way that it's delivered because we never practiced together, I don't know how you're going to deliver it. You know, so mm. I, I like the I like that challenge in that. I find that amazing that, you know, you uh you've been doing this for a long time and yet you're still taking that time to invest in yourself to take a class, mm-hmm. try to improve on something you've been doing already for a long time just to gain like another, you know, just another level or another notch in your belt. So I gotta ask, I mean in this internet age and, and everything like that, kind of where do you where would you go otherwise if you didn't have something like masterclass or something like that to try to get yourself prepared 
for doing film versus doing stage? I had a wonderful, they're, they're film teachers. You have a lot of actors now that used to act back in the day and now they're teaching because Hollywood probably isn't looking at them no more or film isn't looking at them anymore. So they will have classes. So <laughs> I, I took a lot of classes even during my darkest times where I could barely pay rent. I made sure I paid for classes first. I told myself, hey, if I have to live in a car or something for a little while, I'm going to do it because I want to get this knowledge for somebody who's already been there. And, and that's, just, that's just the route that I took because at a lot of times I've been single. I have no kids or anything like that. And I know a lot of people don't have the luxury of doing that because life is life. But I, and rest in peace to Kobe, I, I knew Kobe's work ethic before his death. You know, a lot of people just figured it out now, but it was somebody, he was somebody that I followed before. Allen Iverson, so many, like I was oriented to sports. So I always knew before game time, people didn't see us doing these bear claws. People didn't see us running these suicides, mm -hmm. but I understood why we were doing it. Even though I hated doing it, I understood why we were doing it. So it was the same thing with, with acting. And even with this internet age, actors now, they want to show everything on internet. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And I, I'm kind of a quiet person because you don't really need to see the process, just see the work being done and appreciate it. If you want to learn the process, then I'm willing to teach the process. But Nah, it, it, it's so many right. teachers now, man. So I, I got mentors. I have people, I've been through so much in life, but I've always had some kind of mentors. And even if, even if it was just by the music that I listened to myself, I listened to a lot of different rappers who, if you listen past the hoopla that they're trying to rap about just so they can put their stuff on the radio and actually listen to their grind too, you can understand that this goes for every profession. Everybody doesn't, mm. everybody doesn't need to see the work, man. I learned it from Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's another one. Bruce Lee bad, but never want, no one ever really saw him work out. It's, it's just doing the work behind scenes, underground, putting yourself in the dirt, being that plant and coming out in any kind of situation, man, being that rose out of a concrete situation. Man, man, your story, man, is very riveting, man. And with that note, we're going to take it to the cruising altitude. possible for colored people at the time. I just didn't believe it. Claire. And so the fact that you have been able to become what you have become in life, a part of that is that you didn't believe the dogma. You didn't believe what people said was possible for a black man. Well, I, from the very beginning, I didn't believe that. I mean, yeah, when that's what I, I mean. Yeah, when I arrived in Florida, uh, everywhere I turned, that's what was being said to me. But you see, before I got to Florida, I had had the opportunity through my mother and my dad to have set some kind of foundation as to who I was. And I was not what I was required to be in Florida. I was not that. <laughs> 
I couldn't be that. I was, I was taught that I, I had basic rights as a human being. I was taught that I was someone. I knew we had no money. We back and we restart cruising after two. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was thinking like that Smokey Robinson song, that uh, cruising. Cru- okay, okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're we back, man. And I, <laughs> I want to start off, man. We got O, man. O dropping a lot of game. And so I wanted to ask you, uh, let's get into the politics of acting. You know, yes, when you speak the good stuff. Trying, right, the, the politics. So we want to know the ins and outs, like the politics behind it, what goes in behind the scenes on how stuff, how the deals are made, how people get into certain roles, uh, <laughs> what's the, the process. Because I know it's just more than looking good and being a, a good talent. You know, sometimes your name, uh, we hear all the time, we talk about big name actors that are really mediocre. And we could talk about C-list actors that really should be A-list actors. So mm-hmm. that's basically I want you to expand upon on, on what goes behind the scenes on making the actor or whatever. <laughs> well, I consider myself a C-list actor, so I don't know all the ins and outs of what these A-list actors do. But we've heard many, 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 many stories of what... Some people, especially when it comes to African-American or black folks in order to get roles, in order to get seen and stuff from putting on dresses, from, you know, playing this role, from sleeping with this person, from all these different Hollywood parties. Cat William talks about him, him walking into a mansion, opening the door and mm-hmm. seeing people doing stuff that they're not supposed to do. Once again, I kind of refer back to it depends on what kind of actor you want to be. And right. And for me, like I said, I, when I first got into this game, I was blinded by it. But then when I started being conscious, woke, the, the terms we want to use, when I started like learning more about ourselves and the ins and outs and Illuminati and Boule and what these people mm-hmm. do, it, it really is people really want that fame and it's not the art that they want. I started structuring myself on the people that I wanted my career to be like. So when everybody always asks me, oh, you want to be the next Denzel? You want to be the next? I've always said no. I always said no. And people always looked at me weird, like, oh, why? You don't want to be big? You don't want to be this? Don't don't put yourself down. And, And to me, I was never, ever putting myself down. I just knew that that's not the type of attention I want. I wanted. Believe it or not, I'm kind of a shy person. I, I actually hide myself through my characters through acting because of the childhood that I had. And I always felt like I never had a voice. I knew through these characters I was able to speak. So some of these people, if you hear the story, somewhere there's got to be some truth in it. For me, right. I, 
I'm going to take it as truth that those are what the things that they did to get where they're at is the reason why they're they're there. And I told myself, I never want to be there. I don't want to be the next Denzel. I don't want to be the next this. You know what I mean? I just, I, I've always had it to where I want to be able to financially support myself by doing what I love. I, I tell everybody now, even to this day, when I was waiting tables, because waiting tables was the only thing that I can do that gave me the freedom to still go on the auditions and stuff. I tell everybody to this day, if I can make the same money I do waiting tables just by acting, which I am now, I'm happy. I, mm. I'm totally happy because I'm still doing what I'm doing. I'm still eating. And a lot mm. of people, they fall into that fame. They want to be the next this. They want to be that. And and as actors, we all have had that dream of standing up and holding the Oscar or being at the award show. I used to have those dreams, but somewhere in my subconscious, it would cut it short because it was like, you don't want this. That's not what this is about. It's really about the passion and, and showing your vulnerability and the pain that you've been through through these characters because somewhere along the line, somewhere else, somebody else has gone through the pain that you've gone through and maybe this can help you, help them. Mm -hmm. I was always told when I was younger that I was going to be a preacher. I used to laugh at that. <laughs> I used to <laughs> laugh at that. You know, my stepdad, who me and him have quarrels with, you know, because it's just two egos going against each other. The one thing he used to always tell me is that I was going to be a leader. And he used to tell me, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a leader. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a leader the way they wanted me to be a leader. I found that the way that I'm going to be a leader is through film. It's through acting. It's because someone like myself is going to see this actor and be like, man, that's good. I see his pain. I see his struggle. I see people like Daniel Day-Lewis. There's so many actors that you... you you really don't know yeah, the name, so but, you, but you see him on TV and you're like, man, he's a good actor. Man, he did this. And that's exactly what I strive to be, that you don't need to know my name. You don't, I don't need to be on Instagram and you seeing this and you can't do it. You know what I mean? So mm. that, that, that's me. I, I just always wanted to be an example of just living your best life. <laughs> Sorry to take a cut from Lil Duval, but that's true. Hey, you know, it's living true, your man. best life. I grew up with people around me that hated the job that they do from my parents to my grandparents and all that. And I told myself that I would never put myself in that situation. And if I did, it's going to work towards what I really want to do. What, what's right. that been like trying to get other people <laughs> to understand? I mean, that's got to be like what, what you're talking about is a sense of freedom mm. that a lot of people don't truly even comprehend, let alone understand how to give themselves and or fight for it. So, I mean, how how is that like when you're trying to explain that to someone that's close to you outside of like family? You know what I mean? Like when you when you're out and you you with your significant other or whatever, mm. how do they take that when you when when they think that an actor is supposed to be someone that's chasing the dream? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. Oh, Maybe six years ago, when I was really, really trying to do this professionally and get on film, it was hard. And it was hard because I was speaking through a vibration that I didn't understand yet. I was still carrying the burden of, I got to make it. I got to make it. I got to make it. And people can see that on me. Now I'm in a position to where, like, I kept telling myself, you already made it. You already live in the dream. And people see that I carry my energy differently. So when I say, I say the same words, I say the same things. I tell people when I tell them to follow their dreams, do what you love. But 
people can see it differently now, see how happy I am by doing what I love. Before I used to take this acting thing so seriously. I like when I first started, I wanted to be in the corner. I wanted to be a method actor. Do not talk to me. I'm in character right now. And now it's, it's not like that. I can sit there and chop it up with somebody then go, go and do my thing. Because at the end of the day, we got to realize that <laughs> everything that we want to be growing up is still man-made. That our soul is grander than what this human man-made thing is. Being an actor is man-made. My soul mm -hmm. goes bigger than that. I, I'm way bigger than that. Like, so if I think if people can look to see that they're greater than what they're striving to be, then you can accomplish it. Now, I'm going to take that back to Kobe, man. He, he always thought he was greater than what he was trying to be and became who he was. And I think people who are successful in general are like that. You know, I can say that about Nipsey Hussle. Like, any, any, anybody, once you see that you're greater than these man-made concepts, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, it's unlimited unlimited man and people can feel that energy when you're speaking from this limitless space so to say <laughs> yeah i got a question for you bro this is more of a personal question when you do make it to where you're gonna make it to and you have the opportunity to start producing and making films what's gonna be one of the first films you do and what's gonna be my role <laughs> My man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I do want to tell a lot of stories about us as I, I, I really don't like to use the, word, the term black. You do know that because I study etymology, but for lack of better words, for black people, I, I'm sorry. And I, I, I don't know if people are not going to like me for this or whatever, but I, I do not like black history. And the only reason why I don't like black history because it's the same, 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 same stories being told over and over and over again. And nothing told before that. Nothing right. told before that. And there's so much about us before that. And stories about us before that and stories about us now, mental health. I, I, I actually want to do something about a lot of black folks who've gone through mental health because this there's so much that we hide in because there's this, there's this ego of us not wanting to go back to being vulnerable because we felt like we've been so vulnerable during our slave time that, that I don't know, man. There's so many stories, bro. I just mm -hmm. want to be able to tell stories that haven't been told. The, the reason why I do look at a lot of Caucasian actors because they tell a lot of stories that are all our stories, you know, that should be us there. We look, we, yeah. look at, we look at Black Panther and that just look how big and how impacted and how much kids are just wearing that mask and stuff, but not even knowing that Superman was based off of a Black person. You know what I mean? Like, I just learned that Batman was really based off of, of you dealing with your dark side as a person, that the, the duality, the good side, the Bruce Wayne and the, and the Dark Knight is all relevant of who you are and that melanin, that Batman, that dark suit is actually the melanin inside of you. So it's so many stories that's been stolen that they're teaching their folks that we're not being able to teach our folks. And see, and, and that leads me to a question because we just had movies like Harriet and Madam C.J. Walker and stuff mm -hmm. and 
And to the regular eye, you would just think these are good movies because the production is great, right? Yeah. Well, how do we get into getting our stories told and yet it still falls into the umbrellas of certain agendas? They made, like, if you, the uh, Madam C.J. Walker, the role yeah. Tiffany Haddish played, she played her, uh, his, her daughter. But, and there's nothing wrong with her being a uh, gay or lesbian or thing, but the factual, mm-hmm. actual what happened is she had three husbands and stuff. It doesn't doesn't seem fitting doesn't that she was gay. Now, if we did a movie about James Baldwin. Oh, yeah. It'll be all up in the movie, you know, because we, we know that's his life. That was him. Flexing. Right. And so how how does how does this happen? Is it the politics again? How you was explained earlier or Yeah. Uh side note, James Baldwin is someone I would like to play. Even with all the politics and something, he still oh, has yeah. a lot to teach. I would love to play him. That's like a future yeah. <laughs> fantasy role. But uh I would say politics, but I wanna say this though. I, I really believe it's us. we we are our yeah. worst enemies. There are so many, there's this movie streaming service called Urban Movie Channel, UMC. Not too many of, that's what I'm saying, not too many of us know about that. There's so many stuff that black businesses, and I know Dre, you're a big business guy, that it it comes to a point where it's the Willie Lynch theory that we don't support each other, man. If If it's not on Netflix, if it's not Gucci, if it's not Louis Vuitton, if it's not, you know what I mean? Then, oh, I don't want to watch it. If it's not accepted by the others, then it's not good enough. And there's so much content on UMC that has stories about us that we're really not watching because it's not accepted by the masses. And okay. I feel like as brothers and as sisters, we're still trying to play catch up to another race that we don't need to play catch up to. We don't. And the fact that we're stuck in this bubble of trying to get their approval, that's why when you have somebody telling the Harriet Tubman stories or the Malcolm X stories or whatever, they're going to put their twist on it so they can always make themselves look good. So you always still have their approval. Mm-hmm. Until, until we leave their approval out of it, then we'll be able to support each other. And, and I see that coming. There, there's a lot of more people supporting black mis- businesses and stuff like that. It's, it's slowly starting to happen. We start, we're slowly starting to see that happening. So when it comes to film, yeah, me and AP was talking about how Nate Parker, we see now, is blackballed. <laughs> that boy is not getting any more roles. Not that I know of. I haven't really looked it up. But ever since he told a story he wanted to tell, he's blackballed. But see, I envy him because that's exactly what I would want to do. If, mm-hmm. if I was able to tell the story I wanted to do and then Hollywood doesn't want to hire me no more, fine. I was able to, he made a lot of money at Sundance being able to tell the, the story he wanted to tell. And now if Hollywood doesn't want to hire him no more, okay. Now use your money to do something else. And see, a lot of us are afraid to do that. We are. Yeah. We're, we're afraid to go back. Right, right. So you kind of talked on the business side of things a little bit and mm-hmm. introduced this channel that I've never heard of, Urban Movie Channel, but mm-hmm. I'll definitely be checking it out. When it comes to the support and when it comes to the money and when it comes to everything that's associated with that, we see all the stuff that gets publicized quite a bit. The, the Shonda Rhimes 
uh, of the world, the um, the Tyler Perry's, mm-hmm. those that have that have done that. But when it comes down to being able to compete in terms of production, in terms of telling those stories, and tell in terms of getting the funding, which mm-hmm. in, in most cases for business, yeah. I don't care what the business is. If you can't get the funding, you that that's the biggest problem. No you doubt. Know? Yeah. So. How how do you break that mold, and what what do you see as like an opportunity for the industry for actors like yourself to be able to create these stories, create these platforms without having that funding? Uh, you you kind of mentioned Tyler Perry, and when it comes to black folks, we kind of we're very judgmental. We are. I I myself, I'm not really a big Tyler Perry fan. I, but I understand his ethic. And I understand that with a lot of people, I learned from Tupac, learn the game, play the game, change the game. And to me, Tyler Perry learns the game, he's playing the game, and soon enough he'll change the game. Soon enough. So all this Medea stuff and all that, he knew that I was just playing the game. He knew that him dressing up, I, I wouldn't need to do it, but him dressing up in that dress and doing this and doing that, was the only way that these white folks were going to help him to fund some money to where he was going to get to where he was at now. Now it's up to him whether or not he's going to change the aspect and start doing some stuff before that. Some people get lost in that. I say that about rappers all the time, too. You can talk about this, shooting up this, shooting up that, but what are you going to do with your money afterwards? So I say as black folks, the judgment I think we need to lay back on until that person, like, decease. And then we're like, okay, you didn't do nothing with your life. You didn't change nothing like that. Because unfortunately, we're living on their territory as of now. So the funding is kind of hard. But at the same time, man, you saw how good Black Panther did. You know, even though that was backed up by Marvel and all this other stuff, we still supported these people because it was an all-Black cast. So that that kind of shows you how powerful it is when we actually come together and show some. So now Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, they, all these people can start their own production company, but they don't want to do it. They don't want to lose that status. They don't want to lose that fame. And I don't want to speak too much on them because I don't know their, you know, what's going on in here, what they're going to do later on, but I just know that for now. You got Spike Lee, man. The boy has still not got a... Did he get an Oscar finally? I think he did. Last, yeah, he finally yeah, got yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, finally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, there you go. Finally yeah. got one. But he has not jeopardized himself at all. You know what I mean? He's, he's always told his stories. Oh, and we've always supported Spike Lee. So it, it's, it's really just about us, man. I don't care how, if we make 13%, 14%, it's really about us backing up our own dollar into every single business, man. And when it comes to the money, man, we kind of like lucked out because we don't have as much as they do, but we have enough, man. We have enough. I, I see LeBron James. I'm not really a big fan either of the game, but I understand that he has his own production company. Yet, what movies are being told under his production company right now? Well, he he executive produced the uh, Matt of C.J. Walker movie. Oh, see, well, there you go. You know what I mean? So it, it really is about us supporting us. And I, I think that we're finally stepping into a threshold to where now our stories are going to be told and more funding is going to be happening because now even in Houston for the past three, four years, they have a black film festival, which I've been to and they, it it ain't nothing but black films. They get people all around the United States and it ain't nothing but black films. And they try to find a way to fund for that. But 
once again, it's 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 us, man. We're we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, not realizing the Joneses ain't even what that is. <laughs> right, right. For our listeners out there, that one person that's a aspiring actor and they need to be prepared for audition, can you tell us real quick and like real short answers, some steps they need to take to uh, prepare for an audition? Yes, learn your lines, learn your lines, learn your lines. Read them a hundred times if you have to. That's once you learn your lines, they become subconscious. You have freedom to play the character how you want to play it. Give your character a backstory. During an audition, you're not gonna have the full script. They're just gonna give you a little bit of the script of that scene that you want to audition. So this is where you get to be a creator and you create a backstory. You can create whatever you want from that backstory as long as it pertains to the script. So learn your lines so you can play and you can have fun. Mm. All right, y'all heard it right there from O himself. Yeah. All right, guys, we're back for the landing. So I just want to say real quick, I want to thank O for coming on to uh, Kim Trail's podcast. I also want to thank yeah. him for being a, a personal longtime listener of Kim Trail's podcast, one of our biggest supporters. So I just want to thank him for that. Also, I'd like to say, man, I learned a lot, learned a lot about acting. Uh, and then I'm glad I got you in my my back pocket too. So okay, so you know, I want to sharpen my skills, you know what I'm saying? So but um <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um oh real quick, you wanna give them your plugs, you know, whatever can find you and reach you, social media, whatever. Oh man, I ain't got no plugs, man. I'm just oh, that's it. And y'all see me on the TV screen somewhere sometime. If not just check it out, man. Just listen to my boys, Ken Trail. These boys, uh, they're doing their thing. It's, it's been a blessing to be on this show and just to listen to you guys to grow. That's that's what this whole thing is about. Even with them having me on this show today, it is basically about doing what you love and growing at it. That's it, man. Love see, you guys. See, that's why we like... See, you always humble. Always humble. See, that's why we like... All right, y'all yeah, go ahead. Man, I just want to say thank you again for, for coming out here, man. You know, I, I every time I've talked to you, it's always been a treat for me, mostly because you always bring a, a perspective I had not had not considered myself. But most importantly, I just feel like, man, you're one of the most gracious brothers I've ever met in all my life. And Thanks, it's just one of those things where it's like you, it's hard to, to, to be in your presence and not feel that energy. And you spoke about it earlier. That, that sense of completeness, that sense of self-confidence and self-worth. And I would say, you know, whatever it is you've done to, to attain that, the more we can share that with other brothers so that they might walk that same walk, talk that same talk, man, it is, it would be my, my pleasure to help deliver it. So again, thank you, thank you for coming on, man. Yes, sir. 
if you don't mind, I just want to say one small thing, because this is during a time of quarantine right now. Like, this is a time right now the earth is telling everybody to just chill and go within themselves. Mm -hmm. I've been through a lot of hardships, and I know we didn't go over them today, but people don't have to know that. We've all gone through some hard stuff, but I've had very supportive people always in my corner from AP and now knowing you guys too, man, to where I can be at this humble state to, to the woman that's in my life right now. Life has always structured a way to keep me humble inside. Cause I've seen so much. And to me, we're here for a reason. Your soul picked a time, picked this time and place for a reason, man. So just find out what your sole purpose is. Even if you're stuck at a job you don't want to do, as long as you have that seed planted in your head that you want to do something else, it's going to come into fruitation. Trust me. Mm. Believe me. That's all I know. Hell yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate you for getting on the show, man. Like I said, we talk every day. <laughs> basically my brother. So, I mean, you know, you it is brother. what it is. You. Yeah, you, you gonna continue to be on the show. I hear Milo in the background. But uh, yeah, man. Like I said, I appreciate you for getting on, bro. Dropping that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Look forward to seeing what you have in store in the future, bro. Yes, sir. All right, all right, man. Like I said, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to Kim Show's podcast today. Don't forget to write, subscribe, and review this podcast, and tell a friend. And please share and review. And again, till next time. We out. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Are you looking for financial security? We all are. I'm Trader Dre, and whether you're a new or a veteran investor, join us at TraderDre.com, where you can get the latest information on the markets and the news and understanding of how you can empower yourself to trade better for the future. What up, what up? It's your boy, AP. Make sure you follow us at Chemtrails Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Once again, that's Chemtrails Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace out. Get your voice heard at www.chemtrails.mn.co. Join the community. Sounds <laughs> you are now free to walk around the cabin, whatever she says on y'all little cut. <laughs> I'm trying to get that replaced too. But nah, that's dope, bro. That's dope. Candace ain't Kevin. Anyway, <clears throat> I hate it. <clears throat>